0: What's up Free Church? Hey, how good you look? Hey, let me just take two seconds and just clarify for you. On Christmas Eve, which is the Sunday uh, service schedule, is 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. The 10 a.m. is actually going to be more like a normal Sunday morning service, and then the Christmas Eve service at 6 p.m. is the candlelight Christmas show, Uh, so you don't want to miss either service. Come to both. Come for Christmas Eve service Sunday morning and then 6 p.m. Christmas Eve with your family and everybody that's gathering with you for a special Christmas Eve uh, show by Candlelight. We'll sing carols together. It's going to be a special, special night. All kind of treats around, pictures, all the good stuff. Amen? Listen, I'm ready to preach God's Word. Are you ready to receive it today? The year was 2012 and it was our first Christmas here in Oak Park um we had uh moved it's crazy to think this uh but we moved in january of 2012 here from houston in order to prep and prepare and be ready to launch the church the september 9th of 2012 so we we thought man there was so much happening in our world and we had sunday service right after christmas and so we knew we couldn't travel and we we were loading in a service from a trailer every single week at the lake theater and so we, we just invited our family, uh, my family, to come and celebrate Christmas here in Oak Park. And so, you know, sometimes when you invite all your family, some of them say, you know, like, we got other plans, we can't do it. On this particular year, everybody was like, we'll be there, which was fantastic, because that meant there were gonna be about 28 extra people in church on Sunday after Christmas, so we loved that uh, as a new church. And, um, but that Christmas season was so crazy. Uh, I think we counted 18 of my family, uh, so uh, a couple of siblings and uh, their kids all gathered under, there were 18 that spent the night at our house for like three nights, 18 people, 18 adults. Um, that, they were in our house and then at my brother's house, he had a, cro- a whole crew there uh, staying there and then they all came for a Christmas dinner and celebration And uh, we had a table that filled the entire room, and then we all sat at the table. And uh, but crazy enough, as everybody was getting ready for you know Saturday night, kind of slowing down. um, You know, we in Houston we never had this growing at all, but in Oak Park you have sump pumps, and that thing there. And there's two because there's one that runs the whole house, and then there's one that's only for the basement. And the one for the basement broke. So water was going everywhere and uh, I was telling people they couldn't shower and like, it was just a mess because there were 18 people in my house, y'all. We went to Costco for toilet paper and went through it all in like three days. It's 18 people in our house. I, I took a picture, uh, I had my sister find a picture from Christmas 2012 so I could show you. Look at this picture, that's all we got. That, the table is not decorated, nobody is even at the table. Everybody's sleeping on the couch. Christmas 2012 wiped our family out. You could p- take that picture off. But, talk, I mean, it was the craziest, most packed, maybe stressful, calling a plumber in the middle of the night, emergency plumbing most wild, greatest Christmas ever. It's the year that I learned that no matter what happens, choosing joy and celebrating with the ones you love is how you experience a truly happy holidays. So why don't you lean to your neighbor and just say, hey, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And then lean back to the one you've ignored, all services and just say, I look pretty good today, don't I? You know, a little flex. Today I'm beginning a whole new series for this month and the title of this series is Happy Holidays. I think I have a title screen, don't I? Do I have a title screen? I want you to see the title screen. Should be in there, it's not there, there we go. Uh, Look at these Christmas photos. Um, These are nobody I know, but I want you to send me, (laughs) I don't know one of these people, but I thought this kind of articulated well, happy holidays, right? I mean, you can kind of see see the twins crying up in the top, Uh, families, the ones on the bottom crying. If you have a great Christmas photo with your kids and Santa or a family photo gone wrong, send it to me. My email is chuck at Free.church. I wanna put it on this screen for next week, all right? So some of you are already looking, and thank you for doing that. That's gonna be fun. So I'm starting this series called Happy Holidays, and my goal is to help you learn the habits to happiness, no matter what your experience might be or look like this season. I want you to experience the real joy of this season. And even though we call it the most wonderful time of the year, a lot of people would probably put a little asterisk to that and say it's the most stressful time of year. Uh, I was doing some study and prep and I, and I read this, this report. It said 84 people experience increased stress during the holidays. 84% of people experience increased stress. And 45% say they're more stressed than the previous Christmas. Like whatever Christmas was last year, this year is gonna be even more stressful. And I, so I was like, what makes people stressed? Why are they stressed? And it, this report kept going. And, and it told, told me that the, the one thing, the number one thing that makes people more stressed than the year before is they have a lack of time and money. Like, it seems like the time gets shorter and the money gets tighter. Amen or me? Um, how about this? They say the, it's the hype of commercialism. Did anybody, do you remember Halloween? No, because it was already Christmas. Anybody remember Thanksgiving? No, because it was already, like everything was pointing at Christmas. Uh, I mean, you have like, listen, listen to how we treat people. We go, Thanksgiving, the greatest day on the planet for eating great food. Then, and then we go, Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, go to church Sunday, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday. That's that's like a five day stretch. I was gonna say something, I don't know if I should say it, so I'm not gonna say it. But you you almost need to go check yourself in for recovery after that five day stretch. But let me brag on you church because on Giving Tuesday Free Church, you gave $10,000 on one day. Amazing. So, but I mean, we're stressed. What, I kept reading. The report was like, another thing, gift giving is stressful. So we love to give. It's, it's a joy to give. It's more blessed to give than receive, but it is stressful because I wish I could count up all the things I've bought for the closest people in my life that got returned. This <laughs> was like... Man, I had so much fun picking that out and it went straight back to the store. It's like, what else stresses out? Oh, guys, just look straight at me. Staying on a diet stresses people out during the holidays. I can't get a better amen than. Oh, here's another, this one, I thought this should be number one. Other shoppers stress me out. And then the number one, this, I, I, this is the number one for sure traffic i've contended this since we moved here in 2012 that no nobody really drives very often throughout the year until the day after thanksgiving until christmas everybody drives i'm like where'd all this traffic come from it's the holiday season so we all got to get out at the same time but so it's the most wonderful time of the year but it's the most stressful time of the year, and I wanna help you by talking about building the habits, not just for a happy holidays, but really for beyond the holidays, because these habits will change your life, and I I thought about it in ending the year this way so that we start the new year with the habits that are gonna increase the joy that we walk in And any time in scripture you read about happiness, we're really talking about joy or gladness. Um, It's more than just an emotion, it's actually a lifestyle. And you're gonna say, PC, I mean, come on, can you just get to preaching? It might take me a while to set this up and I'm gonna preach part of this message today and then I'm gonna close it next week and then we'll continue the series. But I, I feel like it's important for us to know. So let's talk about some laws of happiness. Some laws of happiness, number one, you don't look for happiness, you create it. You create it. If if you're looking for it, you you gotta choose it. Because if you're looking for the situation to make you happy, you're gonna go through life disappointed. So you have to choose it, you create it. Uh, The second law, happiness isn't a goal, it's the result. If happiness becomes the goal, you are gonna be the most selfish person. But when, it's the, when it becomes the result, it, it is a result of my right thinking, of my right living, of my right acting, that's where the joy comes from. Uh, how about this one? My habits influence my, my happiness. What you do is gonna lead you on the journey of true joy. I was, th- I was thinking about, about those habits. Um, how about this, uh, number four, happiness based on happenings is temporary while happiness based on habits is long-lasting. Uh, you take your kids to Disney because you want to make them happy and then you see the bill. <laughs> and going to Disney did not make you so happy. That's the only vacation I've heard of that you need a vacation from the vacation. Every other vacation is like, oh, I feel refreshed. Oh, it was such a joy. What'd you do? I went to Disney. I walked like 4,000 miles in three days, waited in 5,000 lines for 10,000 hours. You go, you go to a movie because everybody's like, oh, you gotta go, this is the best movie you'll ever, you ever have a friend tell you, it's the best movie you'll ever see, it's the greatest movie, and you go to the movie, you think the movie's gonna make you happy, and it's actually not the best movie you've ever seen. So you're not, it's, you don't base it on happenings, but you gotta base your happiness on habits. Okay, one more. Uh, happy habits are as addicting has bad habits we all say like there are some things that we are addicted to and it has terrible consequences too but good habits can be addicting too and and we want to learn the habits and be addicted to those happy habits so so, let's dive in, let's, let's discover. And all through this message and through this series, I'm gonna just give you little tips here and there, but I'm gonna begin from the book of Philippians. And the book of Philippians is actually, you know how each book kinda has a, a, something that's a title of, it's a theme. And the theme of the book of Philippians is joy. Philippians 4.4, 4, Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always, again I say, rejoice. It's the joy book. It's a joy letter. It's a thank you letter. And what's interesting to me is Paul writes this joy letter from prison. So I can tell you it's not based on happenings, but based on habits. And I'm going to give you the habits. Let's read from the scripture, Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. One. We're going to read a lot of scripture for this first part, uh, and then we're going to be. I'm going to give you a couple points, and then um, we'll come back next week. You ready? From Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's people in Philippi, who are in union with Christ Jesus, including the church, the leaders, and the helpers, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I thank God. I thank my God for you every time I think of you, and every time I pray for you, I will pray with joy, because of the way in which you have helped me in the work of the gospel from the very first day until now. And I am sure that God, who began this good work in you, will carry it until the day it is finished, the day of Jesus Christ. You are always in my heart, and so it is only right for me to feel as I do about you, for you have all shared with me in this privilege that God has given me now that I am in prison and also while I was free to defend the gospel and establish it firmly. God is my witness that I tell you the truth when I say that my deep feeling for you all comes from the heart of Christ Jesus himself." I pray that your love will keep on growing more and more together with true knowledge and perfect judgment so that you will be able to choose what is best, then you will be free from all impurity and blame on the day of Christ. Man, what, what a passage of scripture. And, and I wanted to read all of that to you because it highlights something very important. If you're gonna develop habits for happiness, if you want a happy holidays, or you want happiness beyond the holidays, your happiness starts with your relationships. Because, here's the thing, If if you are unhappy in your relationships, you will be unhappy in your life. We say, you know, happy wife, happy life, but it's happy relationships, happy life, because relationships are, are the core of what Christ has called us to in community, in relationship, in the gathering of his people, in family. Christ didn't call us to be alone. The very first problem God solved in the garden was the problem of loneliness. And so relationships are so important, so let's build these relational habits for a happy holidays. Number one, be grateful for the people in your life. Be grateful for the people in your life. Look at Philippians 1-3. I thank my God for you every time I think of you. Here's tip number one. The more grateful you are, the happier you will be. The more grateful you are, the happier you will be. I want to ask couples for a second. When is the last time you expressed your gratitude for your spouse? And what I want to encourage you to do is to remember why you got married in the first place. Because sometimes, We get in such the busyness and the hustle and the bustle and just the norm of life and we forget to even express how grateful we are for the one that's by our side. And, and, And honestly, we focus on so much else, we forget to focus on the good. So I'm gonna give you some homework, couples. Like this week, remember why you got married. Uh, I kissed Shana this morning before we were leaving for church and uh, my knees buckled and I told her. I said after 30 something years, you still buckle my knees when we kiss. And I am grateful for that. I'm very grateful. Because here's the thing, it is our nature to be discontented. It's in our nature to be discontented and look for all of the stuff that we don't have while ignoring all the good that we do have. And I'm gonna tell you, I told a couple of this, this uh, earlier, last week when I was counseling for, the, for their premarital counseling, listen, the grass is not greener on the other side of the fence, the grass is greener where it's watered. And we need to be thankful for the people in our life and we gotta express that gratitude to those people. Philippians one five. this is what Paul says to him. He says, I, I'm, I'm thankful for you, I, I, I'm thankful for you because of the way in which you have helped me in the work of the gospel from the very first day until now. Paul, Paul must have been reflecting on how the church in Philippi helped him launch and plant churches and how they blessed him in missions and how they blessed him to carry on the work of the gospel. He must have been, ha- he was having a moment of gratitude inside a prison and so he's thanking, he's sending this thank, thank you letter to them for that. And, and it, it makes me, tip number two, your memory is a choice. You choose, you, memories are a choice. You choose to remember things. Uh, sometimes I'll tell the stories I tell and uh, after service, Urshana will say, was I, was I even there? I'm like, I don't think it was that bad for you to not remember it. I thought that was a pretty good one. Like, it, it was fun, right? It was, but sometimes she doesn't remember, she doesn't remember those, was I even there? Or sometimes I'll have to say, hey, don't you remember? And she'll be like, what? Yeah, you remember that conversation we had three weeks ago? And I said this, and she said, what? So, I'm telling you, you choose to remember, and this is what I would say to you. How about this, another tip for you in being thankful for the people in your life, remember the best and forget the rest. Remember the best and forget the rest. All right, let's go on. We have time for one more, number two. Number two, so we're grateful for the people in our life. Number two, pray with joy for the people in your life. Pray with joy with joy, Philippians 1-4, and every time I pray for you all, I pray with joy. There's something incredibly encouraging about knowing that somebody is praying for you or praying for me. I was thinking about this small group season that has just come to an end and what a tremendous, hey, if you were in a great small group, put your hands up, I wanna hear some clapping in this house for, man, small group, I wish all of you were in a small group this year because this season was such a powerful season and so many great stories and I can't wait to share them with you as we move forward and tell the stories of all the accomplished victories that God has put into our life because of discipleship and relationship but I was thinking about the number one thing that was most encouraging to me about how this small group was is following along in the channels and watching the prayers for one another. Just to know, if, you, if you're not in a small group, you know what you're missing out on? Somebody praying for you every single day by your name and with your need. So, so just think about somebody that irritates you real quick. Don't look at them. Think about them. Think about them. And, and let me ask you this. I mean, because there are people that are like sandpaper that rub us the wrong way, they say the wrong things, and I think, I think the Lord put those people in my life to keep my, my prayer life working. But my question to you is, do you pray for them as often as you complain about them? You'll never change them, but God can. And we don't pray for them like, oh God, you better change them before I kill them but we pray for them with joy. Verse nine and 10, I pray that your love will keep growing more and more together with true knowledge and perfect judgment so that you'll be able to choose what is best Then you'll be free from all impurity, blame, and blame on the day of Christ. Look what Paul prayed. He prayed they would grow in love. He prayed they would make wise choices. He prayed they would live with integrity. And he prayed they would become more like Jesus. Listen, I'm going to do those four again because you need to write these down. You begin to pray these for your spouse. You pray these prayers over your children, you pray these prayers over your families, over the people you love, over the people you want to love, over the people you can't love, you pray this prayer. These four things, put it down, write it down in your notes, circle it on the screen, uh, take a picture of it, each one, whatever you do, if you start praying this prayer from now until Christmas, I can promise you situations will change, relationships will get better, communication will open up, God will move in powerful ways, and listen. It, it will happen because you're, you've changed the focus of your prayer. Look at, pray number one, pray this. Pray that they grow in love. Pray that they make wise choices. And, and listen, I to say this over my boys and, and I want you to say this over your kids. Hey, listen, when you know somebody's praying for you to make better choices, you're gonna start making better choices. Pray that they live with integrity. Integrity, that comes, the word there is integer, which means wholeness. In math, it's the whole numbers, but it's wholeness, and what that means is that they live with integrity. That means the same person they are in public is the same person they are in private, which is the same person they'll be in secret. Pray that they live with integrity, and then pray they become more like Jesus. They don't have to be Jesus. There's only one, but pray we become more like him. I'm going to tell you, you pray those prayers, it will change. It will change the climate for the holidays in your life. It'll it'll change the atmosphere around you in every relationship. I'm going to challenge you this week. Write down every name you can and pray those four things over every single person in your life. Listen, I'm going to ask you, I hope you wrote those four down because I'm going to ask you, pray those over my life. Pray that for my family. And as I pray that for your family, knowing that you're praying this for my family, it's gonna be a happy holidays. No matter how many people pack the house, no matter what, what breaks down in the house, no matter how, when you take the final picture of the weekend and it's just an empty table and people taking naps on the couch, it is it, it, really, it really can be a happy holidays for you and beyond when you develop habits for happiness. Can you receive that word today?